0: I've never been on a surfboard once in my life. Sean, you? Uh, I've been near one. On a boogie board. How about a boogie board? I've been on a boogie board. Have you really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. And how'd it work?
1: Uh, It was fine. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't do it. I didn't do it very well.
0: Oh, my God. I just remembered something. There is a water park close to the Mall of America where I was on a surfboard. I I lied. And I was on it for about one point two seconds where the, you know those water things that like come washing oh, up. Oh yeah, yeah. And I know you're what you're talking Weep <laughs> and you're like, I'm fat and old and my and center of gravity <laughs> is too high. Yeah, no. And then you get pushed all the way up by the water back to the like get out of here, fat boy, kind of situation. Did you
1: skateboard at all when you're a kid?
0: I had a wooden skateboard when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, and so it was called a black night or a dark night. It, w- it was not flexible. It was not good. And we lived on a hill on the corner in Coon Rapids. We had a very steep driveway, and I went down to the end of it. But the the curb wasn't quite right at the end, and I ripped up my elbows and knees four or five times before I was like, fuck a skateboard.
1: Yeah, my last day on a skateboard was when I decided to build pretty pretty uh, amazing ramp And then I hit the back of my head and lost Mm. my peripheral vision for a week. Like, went to the doctor. They're like, well, it should come back. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: You, You know that traumatic brain injury is an actual thing, right? Yeah, some people get violent, like, many years later. Cool, cool. Uh, it's the Brian Oak Show. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Everything seems to be going very well so far. Episode 49, here we are in the Smart Start MN Studios. <laughs> so, uh, just a couple things real quick before we move forward. We're going to talk to a longtime friend of mine and a local musician, Kieran Daly. Uh, from his band, the stress of her regard, who were supposed to join us last month, they have a brand new album out. Well, brand new meaning a month old, but a brand new album out, and it's really, really effing good. I just now, there's a hammer literally less than a <laughs> foot away from Sean Bernard, and I, I just let's be cool. Can it's we good, agree? To be cool? We're all good. We're all good. Right now we are. Okay. Uh, Also, last night, I, I feel delirious right now. I slept for about two hours last night. I'm not used to insomnia. So for years and years, decades, really, I would sleep for my four to five precious hours a night, wake up, shower, go do my dream job. And now I try to go to bed at a decent hour and then always wake up somewhere between three and five. Has shutting down, has isolation has it changed your behavior at all? Absolutely. I got to
1: say that I've been way more tired than I usually am. And then the other side of that is, like you, I I I used to be somebody that could sleep through the night, <laughs> always. <laughs> but, but I I am now waking up with this weird thing where I, I feel wide awake in the middle of the night, yeah. which is not typical for me. And then uh-huh. it's uh, then it's difficult for me to get back to sleep again. So right. I think the truth is we're all bullshitting ourselves that we're okay because. I talk to people like, "How are you doing?" They're like, "You know, I'm not bad. I'm I'm not bad." And then you're like, "But how's how are you sleeping?" Oh, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. But sleep affects so much of your life. It's I mean, everything. It, it really is. It can affect your diet, and diet can affect sleep, and then your mood, and whether or not you want to grab the hammer. <laughs>
0: God, I just hope we get through the end of this episode. That's all I'm hoping for. Thanks for listening to The Brian Oak Show. Before we talk about any of our sponsors or anything else or me possibly dying by... By the way, did you see there was a hammer fight last week in North Minneapolis? <laughs> no, I didn't. So I follow... A hammer fight. I follow a couple of episodes... Oh my God, I can't believe... Weird! I follow a couple of... um people online who do all the police scanners and stuff like i don't have the time for that but um there was an actual hammer fight in minneapolis uh recently like within the last few days man injured another arrested uh (laughs) after a blue line fight involving hammers they both had hammers like ball peen or (laughs) i don't let's not get specific all right let's be honest once you're in a hammer fight Shit's real, okay? It, like, shit is real.
1: What's kind of cool, though, is that like, apparently there was more than one hammer. Oh Just God. that you come to a party, you know. Well, at I least, brought, of course I brought my hammer.
0: So <laughs> the person who posted is like, well, at least he brought a hammer to a hammer fight. There were two guys who were fighting with hammers at one point, very recently somewhere in Minneapolis. I I can't find the details right now. It says, man injured, another arrested after blue line fight involving hammer. Uh, it only says one hammer here, okay. but from what I've heard, both had a hammer, and here's the deal, is like, you know, if you have a samurai sword, don't attack anybody else who doesn't have one. Like, I mean, like... It's not fair. It's, well, there are rules, right? I mean, yeah. like, social awareness. They, there are rules about a hammer fights. <sighs> His name is Sean Bernard. <laughs> My name is Brian, Brian Oak, I, I think. Two hours of sleep is not enough, Sean. I don't feel like a regular human being. So let's do this. We're going to talk to Kieran Daly very shortly here. We're going to talk about his band, The Stress of Her Regard, which, A, is a great name. I know, taken from a novel, but still a brilliant name for a band. It also turns out, though, it's a really, really good record. I've spent a lot of time with it over the last couple of weeks. We'll talk about that in a minute. But right now, I want to mention that today, uh, April 21st, is the anniversary of the death of a Twin Cities icon. Now, I don't have the same kind of boner, if you will, for Prince that The Current has. I worked at The Current for three plus years, yeah, and they, oh man, anything we could do to get in closer to that, it was nuts there.
1: And I don't mean to be shitty about this, but it wasn't just The Current, but there were so many radio stations that didn't play much Prince before he died, and then he died, and suddenly, they were the Prince station.
0: Well, and here's part of the reason, because I was there when it happened. I had, I had been there for three months before yeah. he died. And I was on Swedish public radio talking about Prince. Now, hmm. I'm not a Prince expert by any stretch of the imagination. But because Prince was so private online and was so protective about what he put out online, when he died, it had this worldwide ripple effect. And people were not ready for it. People were... They were afraid. They were uncertain. They were like, well, what do you mean he's dead? I found myself on Swedish public radio doing a bit, and I'm like, I'm not an expert. I'm a fan, but I'm not an expert. And here's the deal. I was one of those people, like I think a lot of people, who somewhere in the mid-'90s lost a thread on Prince. And even though he kept making great music and put out a record or two every year— you just, you didn't pay attention that much anymore. You know, you were there for the early stuff. You were there, I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on when you came to the Prince party. And so after that, I went back and listened to a lot of it. And there's a lot of filler. But Prince never stopped making a couple great songs. Like I And mean, great, by great, I mean truly great every year but for me the record is 1983's 1999 it was definitive for me now I'd heard him before that I have a good friend Tony who turned me on to him like wait a minute wait because I didn't grow up with any funk right like yeah. in, my, in my house there was no funk I'm like all right so this is funk and new wave in equal measures and like he loved That Lynn drum machine. He loved the synthesizer, but he was also funky as hell. And and
1: innately sexual. I mean, that was the other thing. I was not used to hearing that kind of music where it had sexual vibe to it.
0: Uh, I don't know if anyone's heard Controversy or Dirty Mind. Yeah. But those are not records for children. So don't play them for your children. (laughs) But this was my record. So side one of this double album is filled with all his really initial biggest hits, right? But this whole record is absolutely brilliant. I, It might be in my top 10 records of all time. I mean, that that's a list that changes on the wow. daily. I'm telling you right now, 1999 by Prince and the Revolution is a masterpiece. And so maybe tomorrow won't be in the top 10, but today on the anniversary of his death, four years ago today, it absolutely is. And this I'm going to make a very bold statement right now. This is my single favorite Prince song of all time. That guy wrote legend after legend after legend, and he deserves to be remembered. But we all, you you don't get to pick what you love. How many times have we said that on this show? That is by far my single favorite Prince song. It's filthy, it's spiritual, and it speaks to our mutual humanity. Who else did that and did it with fucking funky bass and deep, cool, icy synthesizer? The guy was so goddamn talented across the board. I
1: mean, he just absolutely was.
0: That's Prince with uh, Let's Pretend We're Married on the Brian Oak Show. I'm going to tell you, I I don't recommend recommend it for everybody because the same people who run Graceland now run Prince's Paisley Park. However, I did go on a very early tour of that place when it first opened up, and For me, growing up with Prince, right, like, I mean, someone turned me on to Prince before he became a household name, and so I had a fascination, and I followed a long part of his career, but again, I lost the thread in the late 90s, but going to Paisley Park and getting a tour of where he sat and ate nachos and watched basketball, where (laughs) he went into Studio A, and he was such a workaholic, he was such a freak in the best possible sense, he would be up. Three hours before anyone showed up in the studio. And then he would make them be in there and work their asses off. And then in Studio A, or maybe it was Studio B, I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, it's not important. The same studio that his Lynn drum machine is in, there's this giant console. And a huge boom mic that lays over it. And after he sent everyone home, after working them... Like a dog, he would sit there and rework everything and recut vocals, and they're just—he's—I'm not saying that Prince is my favorite artist of all time by any means, but today on the anniversary, the four-year anniversary of his death, I am saying that he is unparalleled. He is peerless. There's nobody from Minnesota, with the possible exception of Bob Dylan, that changed the trajectory of— not only american music but the world music community in general he was a genuinely pivotal and important figure and i'm not that guy i'm not the i'm not the prince guy like i like some prince you know i'm i'm cool with prince but to not recognize the impact he had would to be it would be ignorant it would be stupid to not understand what he did to music in our world.
1: Yeah. And for me as a Minnesotan, I would say that, uh, I would go replacements and then Dylan and then Prince. That's just for me as far as impact and that sort of thing uh, on my life. I mean, I, but I absolutely loved what Prince brought. I loved his music. I didn't love all of it. You know, there there were some songs that, uh, I was like, eh, uh, this doesn't doesn't do it for me, but the instrumentation, uh, the composition of the music was incredible. I, I hate it when people call him a savant because it sounds like he didn't earn what he did, and I think he worked his
0: ass off at his craft. There's no question, but but it's also true that that guy could play just about every yes. instrument you've ever heard of, yes. and at a high level. And he just he was a weirdo for sure, man. He he was he was not normal, and so people either found him charming or dismissive. There was no one ever real artists like weirdo artists you know it, it's weird because we're living this era of of what do you call it when you get rid of somebody like what are we doing with Morrissey right now we're um
1: cast him off
0: what do you... well you cast him off yes but there's there's a word for it like right now um I'm not going to think of it anyway yep. um Prince was not a prince in every regard but to deny his talent and his influence and his impact also sean i think you mispronounced Bob Dylan as Husker du. I think that was the one thing you did <laughs> wrong there. It is The Brian Oak Show, episode 49. Thanks for tuning in. I am Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. We are in the Smart Start MN studio here at The Brian Oak Show World Headquarters. Smart Start MN, they are the original ignition interlock company here in Minnesota. They are a couple of lawyers, Ed and Mike, and they founded this whole thing. Sure, there are some other Johnny-come-latelys who have tried to come along and help you, but not at the speed Or the price that smart start MN can help you smart start MN what do they do well if you your brother-in-law your mom whoever has made the mistake of drinking and driving and then got popped got busted they need to get back in their car they're gonna need to get back to their regular everyday life they're going to need to find a way to try to climb back on top again These are the guys who can help you. Sean, what is the best way that they can help themselves, you and I, and Smart Start? If they
1: want 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock, they just go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show, or they can go click on the banner at brianoakshow.com.
0: Well, and again, it's already remarkably affordable. Like, every time I look at it, I'm like, really? That's it? Because some people i know have made this mistake way in the past before ignition interlock happened and um that option wasn't available and damn it would have helped i mean this friend i know this guy that i heard about had to drive his daughter every goddamn day to to daycare in a cab and Hmm. this this is a better option now here's the bottom line Don't drink and drive. Everyone knows that. But if you do, or your brother in law does, or your (laughs) mom does, or whoever it is, smartstartmn.com. Also, Sean, this is this is weird to me because like you know, with each passing week, with each passing day, this lockdown becomes more real. And also more surreal. Yes. But you are a realtor for Edina Realty at Fiftieth in France, and it's Apparently even though we're all locked down and all have late night manic visions of murdering our families people <laughs> are still people are still doing normal things like buying groceries and selling houses what is it like right now for you is it weird it's it's weird um
1: I will not use the term "new normal" because it's not. I refuse to believe that this is the way we will exist going forward. I know you hate um, that term. I can't stand it: No you I just you like... hit
0: certain walls that are and I'm sorry, yeah. and I, I do not mean to nudge, and I am no, not giving no. you but like every once in a while, when we hit a certain point, I see your social media posts, and I know <laughs> I know that new normal is not a word or a phrase you're willing to use, but here we are, we are in a new place. We are in
1: a new place. You know, I, I, I just, it's too depressing for me to think about this is our new normal. But I, I agree. What we are doing is is just being really smart. We're doing virtual open houses where just the realtor goes in and uh, we, you know, you can go to Instagram Live or Facebook Live and, and do a tour of the house and ask people to comment below or to forward along that video to somebody that they know might be in the market to uh, to buy that home. Um we're being very protective and wearing masks and gloves and bringing along Purell or any kind of uh, hardcore hand sanitizer right now. Uh, my wife's hands are so cracked open right now. <laughs> you should see them. She's got you know rough hands anyway, but then man alive, they're really cracked from from that. But uh,
0: my wife uh, has a friend who is making homemade sanitizer. Oh yeah, that I think is equal parts isopropyl, Everclear, and aloe, and it. It's, I don't even have any cracks on my hands, but it sears every time oh, I yeah. put it on there. I'm like, yeah. mm, that's how you know it's working.
1: Absolutely. So and people it, can, people can get a hold of me at 612-859-2594. Um, just closed on a place last week and my friend Pam will re- be, she'll be receiving a one-year membership for two to the warming house as soon as they open up. So we'll make that uh, retroactive or whatever we need to do to to make sure we take care of her for an entire year at the warming house. They're not open right now. Uh, hopefully they will be soon. This is their, you know, this is a nonprofit, small family run, uh, music venue at 40th and Bryant. Um, I believe farmstead bike shop is open for people to get their bikes repaired, but you just have to drop off the bike and they will take care of it. I just bring them up because they're tied in with the ownership of the warming house. So give me a call. Give me a text. Uh, I'm actually going to be driving out to Princeton, Minnesota in the next week. A, a local musician is interested in having me help his uh, mom and dad sell their house. So I'll be taking that trek out there, which I, I just bring that up because people ask the question, do you just serve like Minneapolis and Edina? And I'm like, no, I'll I'll go wherever I need to go as long as it's not too ridiculous. Went up to Mille Lacs last summer. So mm-hmm. happy to help out people however I can and uh, reach me at 612 859
0: what about Butte, Montana? Screw Butte. <laughs>
1: wow!
0: Thanks for tuning into The Brian Oak Show. I know this can be tedious, but also wonderful sometimes. That's sort of the nature of life, though, right? The, the universe seeks a balance. Uh, we're going to call our friend, Kieran Daly, right now. So I go back a long way with today's featured guest. Uh, Kieran Daly and I have been friends for a long time. And. I don't want to share anything out of school. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'll be honest, back in the nineties when I first met this dude, he had the ideal nineties hair. I mean like locks that went down to the like to his waist that were curly and like like you think Chris Cornell had good hair? I'm sorry, I don't mean to speak ill of the dead, but he had nothing. On today's guest, Kieran Daly. However, Kieran is not reduced to simply the quality of his hair, although it was fucking majestic. It really <laughs> was really good. Um, but he's also he's a really good person, and he is also the frontman for popular Minnesota band. The Stress of Her Regard, which I know it's borrowed from a novel, but it's also one of the best band names of all time. Like all those emo bands that came up in the 90s and the early 2000s, Bring Me the Horizon, fuck you. The Stress of Her Regard is such a good name. So let me say hello to my friend Kieran. Kieran Daly, how are
2: you, man? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be here.
0: Well, it's really nice to have you here. Now, the thing that sucks is you were going to join us live last month prior to the release of your newest band, The Stress of Her Regards, self-titled debut, but you got trapped in Europe. Was it Stockholm Syndrome? Did you, were your papers Very gonna... much so. Was it? Yeah, I, in pa- the best
2: possible way because I, I was very, very lucky to be staying with some very cool people in Stockholm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were actually in so, Stockholm. I was in Stockholm. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, aside from the fact that I was sleeping in a nine-year-old's bed um, every <laughs> night, um,
1: where was the which, nine-year-old?
2: He was. He was a really good sport about that. <laughs>
0: um, it wasn't. Max was uh, a really uh, cool kid. It wasn't a race car <laughs> bed or anything, was it?
2: <laughs> it was it was it was small, man. It was small, like <laughs> little
0: pie. So, Kieran, before we talk about you or your band or while why you were trapped in Europe, tell me about where because I know your mom is British, right?
2: She's Irish, actually. Oh, um, Irish! Thankfully, she she doesn't listen to podcasts, so she's not around to be to be offended by
0: that. <laughs> and tell her if she ever hears this ever, like you know, especially in her in her, her dying days, tell her I meant no offense. For some reason, I thought I thought one of your parents was British, but Irish. As Sean as Sean and I will both attest, being mostly Irish, both of us, that's way better.
2: It is, yeah,
0: objectively. <laughs> so, so your mom, your mom is Irish your where are you where were you born where do you come from
2: i was born in australia uh because my parents did what most irish people of their generation did and just got the fuck out they were like oh yeah this, this place sucks mm. bombs no jobs um so also you know because my dad was sort of fleeing um Let's just say family drama that, that, um, that I won't discuss in this podcast, but I'll tell you the story sometime. Sure. Um, Australia, conveniently far away, was a great place to, to start uh, his job and his family anew and all that. So uh, yeah, that's where they had me. But I, no memories of Australia whatsoever. I was really little when we left. and then I grew up in, uh, in Vienna, uh, in Austria, and then we moved back to Ireland really briefly. Uh, while Dad house hunted, and then we lived in England until I was like twelve, and then suffered the the pretty same say major culture shock of, of coming from a, a small town in England to uh, my parents are like, let's buy a place in this lovely city called Edina.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> wait, wait. So, so I'm sorry. I, I don't. I know this is probably to most people not a, a, of any interest, but to me it's fascinating. So, are you? Do you have citizenship? In Australia, Austria,
2: Ireland, and America? I just have Irish citizenship, and this is part of why I was stuck in Stockholm um, for as long as I was. Um, so I'm a, I became like a permanent resident alien um, when I was like 13 or 14, I think. And uh, Yeah, just never really, you know, it's, it's like time consuming and expensive to become a citizen. Um, so I never really did. Um, and, uh, man, let me tell you, is, is this not a great time to be not a citizen,
3: um,
2: and, and traveling and have any kind of irregularity crop up. So, um, some, some of the, the, you know, drama and delay in, in Sweden was, um, I, I can definitely take some blame for it because I probably should have been a little bit more aggressive in researching what changes had happened <laughs> since the current administration came into power. Um, but Wait is To say that things were not as they once were. Uh, they were <laughs> much more difficult.
0: Are you telling me that there's somehow, even for white immigrants, difficulties in getting into this great country of ours?
2: as shocking as it may sound
0: yeah yeah huh um, so let's go back a ways you and I met again you're I, I look at myself in the mirror and I see Wilfred Brimley I look at images <laughs> of you and I see someone who is as young and trim and handsome as he was when I first met him despite the loss of those beautiful Goldilocks you had Um how, so I, I'm not gonna say how long we've known each other, but it, let's just let's suffice it to say it's been a very very long time When we first met I don't remember you Talking about being a musician, but at some point you picked up a guitar at some point you started singing When did that sort of music like music being your outlet? When did that become part of your life?
2: You know um, Early on, I think it was just that I had these these fantasies about being the dude that that sang the songs, and so you start like most people start by like imitating um, the the music that you like, and uh, and my friends and and you know girlfriends, <laughs> everything else have to suffer through listening to that <laughs> uh, painful process where yeah. like you figure out like ah oh, you know maybe stop trying to sound like somebody else and just you know. Figure out, figure out you first. Um, but yeah, I just sort of, the songs were always like a thing that, um, you know, they, they, there's this weird thing that happens after a while where uh, they, they start playing in your head. It's like, uh, sometimes it would happen this way, like you would, you would have a dream um, and you would wake up and there's a song in the dream and you're like, mm. "That's that's a pretty cool song. I like that song. And then as you wake up, you're like, I don't think I've ever heard that song before. And you realize it's like you've tuned into some sort of weird radio station that you were granted a brief access to. And and then you're like, now you're responsible for, for getting this thing out into the world. And so, you know, to the extent that I, I achieved any kind of, you know, technical ability as a musician or as a singer or what have you, it was just sort of like, um, you know, it's, it's, I guess, nobody else's job but mine to get this thing out um and and figure out how to express it so i, I better not fuck it up so um, that's kind of where it came from
0: well b- before we talk about your previous musical endeavors or the full extent of this brand new full-length release which is a self titled release by the stress of her regard which came out last month we were going to talk about this we we're going to sit down in the studio but of course now we're all in lockdown because i have a little shortness of breath a uh, Mild fever, but everything else was fine. Dry hacking cough, but other hmm. than that, I'm fine. Hmm. You, you still Are you ha- kidding? You, no, I'm, I am kidding. That's I am. funny stuff, and isn't I, it? I, Look, I Sean, Sean was making jokes Man, about killing good, me with a hammer comedy. earlier in the podcast. All right. he was ma- And the hammer is literally right there next to your left hand. It is. Okay. Um, before we do that, we are going to go into a song that. So, the day your record came out, I downloaded it. And uh, I did pay for it because Sean and I are both firm believers that artists should be paid. Now, $7.99 or whatever it was doesn't seem like enough. You know, like I just, we live in this day and age where everyone's in lockdown, no one's making any money, and it sucks for musicians but you put out a really, really good record called The Stress of Her Regard. And this song in particular, as I told you, man, it's somewhere between Cream and Queens of the Stone Age for me because you're not afraid to go to the falsetto, and you're not afraid of a riff. Will you tell us a little bit about this song before we go into it?
2: Yeah, I, uh, you know, we've just sort of been messing around in the practice space, and, and the riff came along, and, and uh, you know, Christo, or my brother, is like a, Crazy good melodic basis. So he'll often have these ideas, and I'll be like, Ooh, and I'll just sort of, you know, sort of, it'll suggest something to me. And we went into the studio with uh, uh, Ed Ackerson, the, the dear departed Ed Ackerson, yeah. and um, it didn't have a chorus. There was no falsetto of it. Um, I was so pleased with myself for just coming up with that riff <laughs> um, that I was like, there you go. And, and Ed was like, so uh, so what's, where's the chorus? And I, and I was like, uh, well, you know, I thought that riff was pretty cool. It could just kind of stand on its own. And Ed did this thing where through the glass, he kind of lowers his glasses and looks at me. <laughs> and I was like, I could, I could probably figure something out, though. Um, so I just sort of, I literally, we just played it, and I just sang out the first thing that popped into my head. Which, which kind of made sense, like, sometimes you say something or, and you don't know why you said it, but then later on you're like, oh, okay, I, I, that makes, I can understand why I did that. And it's, you know, it's a song about kind of being suckered by somebody that, that maybe wasn't as sincere as you thought they were. Um, and so the, the metaphor, I guess, of the sugar high and the empty calories being, being a metaphor for that relationship, uh, you know, kind of worked out.
0: Motherfucker, That is a fucking <laughs> jam. I am sorry to swear and I'm sorry to use coarse language, but I'm not sorry at all because that thing is a jam. And um, wow. Before we get back to talking to today's guest, the front man for that particular band, the stress of her regard and their song Sugar High off the new self-titled debut release. We do have to take care of a little bit of business here, but God damn. I got a thing about riffs like, you know, like so... Have you been sleeping poorly lately? Horrible. Same. I'm maybe going on two hours of sleep, which is why I I feel like a corpse and also (laughs) feel a little insane. And I just... It's not right right now, but then... Every once in a while, you find these things that give you a life raft to hang on to, that give you a little oasis, a little bit of solace. And when I find the right riff and when I hear a riff and when I hear the right song, I just, oof. And that one right there, a song called Sugar High by The Stress of Her Regard. By the way, The Stress of Her Regard's debut album is available both digitally and physically. And we'll talk more about that in just a minute after we talk about Buster's on 28th. Buster's on 28th is a. So they describe themselves as a gastropub, and here's the deal. The food there is actually exquisite. I would say a bigger claim to fame, even though it's not my jam, is their selection of wine and beer. Now, it has been approved. They can deliver beer and wine curbside as well as their menu, and they're blocks from my house. I'm a Southeast Minneapolis guy for the last, oh, my God, more than 30 years. Is that possible? 25 at least. Oof. At least. Well, in any event, they have been there for a very long time. They do a really good job, and they're sponsors of The Brian Oak Show. And so all you have to do is go to Busters at 28th.com. You can order your food. You can pick it up. And I was worried that as soon as this whole lockdown bullshit happened, they were gone. I mean, because, like, this is a hard time economically for people, right? It sure is. And, And so, and I wouldn't have blamed before. I'm like, well, of course, because everyone's locking down, and this is the end, and Godzilla is coming however they've stayed on board and they happen to be doing a relatively brisk business and here's why well even before they got the approval to provide beer and liquor outside their food beer and wine is, yeah is exquisite and uh, oh did i say beer and liquor yeah Bear no on.
1: liquor yet that's hopefully coming
0: again i'm a, oh my god don't tell me that <laughs> mm. I'll be prowling the streets. Uh, Beer and wine is available, and um, they do a really good job. And so, you know, Sean and I decided early on, is this episode 49, by the way? It is. We decided before episode one, we were only going to have advertisers that we believed in. And somehow advertisers, despite my two hours of sleep and my drink and a half I've had this afternoon... (laughs) <laughs> are still on board with us and um we're thankful. So Busters on 28th.com, take a look at their menu. As good as they make it sound, it's actually better food than that is.
1: It's you said exquisite, which I think some people might think that means expensive. It's not expensive. Oh, it's not at tasty all. as hell. Um it's just fantastic food. I love it there. They're
0: Cubano. Oh. I might I might have eaten without exaggeration, oh. fifty of those in my life.
1: That's a solid
0: start. Well, <laughs> Oh, you are in tune to The Brian Oak Show. Our guest today is Kieran Daly, frontman, main progenitor of the band, The Stress of Her Regard. Kieran, what was the band that you were in before you were in The Stress of Her Regard?
2: Uh, well, Christore and I, and uh, late on, actually, Eric, uh, called The Idle Hands, yep. um, which was... Man, was that um, <laughs> the the music industry? Um, you know, as the first band ever to be disappointed by it, um, <laughs> you know, it came as a great shock to us. Um, but yeah, man, there, there were definitely times when you look back on things that happened. Every time something awesome came down, mm-hmm. the pike something awful would come with it. Um, where eventually you're like, are we cursed? Did we did we offend? you know, uh, a hedge wizard at some point and, and like, <laughs> now we have to make some kind of amends, like what is going on? But um, yeah, very proud of the records that we made of those guys. And, and uh, at a certain point, you know, um, I think it was Jason Schwartzman from, from uh, Phantom Planet was talking one time about what being in a band is like. And he said, you know, if you have a bag full of a bunch of like building blocks and you swing it around your head, it's kind of like one thing and it holds together. Mm. and then if you stop swinging it real fast, the blocks all come apart. It's like, well, that's what being in a band is like. And its I've always thought that was a really apt metaphor. I think, you know, Christor and I will be making music together when we are old men. You know, that's that's never going to change. Um, you know, but for everybody else with, you know, the ups and downs and disappointments and, and sort of kind of cruelty, really, of of the business, I think it's a, a lot harder to to, to keep everybody... You know, pointed in the same direction eventually, and it sort of took its inevitable toll. But, you know, still really great friends with all the people that we made music with. And, and, uh, you know, it's uh, every now and again, we we kick around the idea of like, yeah, maybe maybe we'll do a show or something like that.
0: You used the word cruelty, and it immediately brought to mind one of my all-time favorite quotes. You know, I never had the diligence or the, frankly, proficiency to make music. But I always wanted to be around music, which is part of the reason that I chose my career, my path, the thing I've done for my entire adult life. But it reminds me of the Hunter S. Thompson quote that says, the music business is a cruel and shallow money trench, a long plastic hallway where thieves and pimps run free and good men die like dogs. There's also a negative side. (laughs) <laughs> son of a yeah, bitch yeah. And, and 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 again it, it sounds it is poetic and it is it is you know amplified but he's not wrong like it's it's a bad place to be and for the artist you know like and, and artistry i think is is a term that should be used a little more loosely, like, you make music, this is what you do, you love it so much, but there are people who, you know, do knitting, there are people who do juggling, there are people who do spoken word, and they they face even a graver situation, if I may, in that they're, they're not promised any sort of great destination but you can't not do what you love, right?
2: Right. Well, I think in some ways, you know, the the, the economic collapse of, of what we, I think, can now laughingly call the music industry, right? Right. Um, that kind of leaves it to the people that are crazy enough and dedicated enough to want to do this, regardless of whether they they find themselves, you know, being served cocaine on silver trays by supermodels or not. Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? That that was a turn right there.
2: That's a thing? There's somewhere I could go where that's happening? You reminded me of Queen earlier, I think. Um, (laughs) Yes. And I was like, that was a thing. That was a thing that I'm pretty sure they did. Silver trays Uh, of
0: cocaine being served by supermodels. I didn't realize that was an option. Shit. Yep, and you, right. and you, well, I, I'm sorry you know, I am sorry interrupted you. you. Please, please finish your thought.
2: Yeah, I, you know, as close as we got to that was really uh, not so much silver trays, but, uh, you know, dirty bathroom counters, I think. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, all of that aside, it, it's you do have to be a little bit crazy to do any kind of art and really dedicate your life to it. There's it's incredibly undervalued just sort of by the culture at large it's an incredibly precarious existence. If you don't have a trust fund um, or something like that. And, and unfortunately, you know, if you, if you, if you dig, you know, not very far, you don't have to to scrape far below the surface for a lot of, you know, um, quote unquote, successful artists, you know, you find too many of them that it, that was their background. doesn't mean they're making bad art, but it does give you pause and make you think how much good art maybe didn't get out there because somebody didn't have the luxury of of being supported uh, while they try to make it. So if it's, if it's left it to the hardcores,
0: you know, in a lot
2: of ways that's good, I guess. Um, But it would be nice if it was valued. It would be nice if it was uh, fairly compensated for, but we've got the Spotify's and the the Sony's of the world um, making damn sure that that's not the case, you know?
0: Absolutely. So let me ask you this, then, because this whole thing that we're doing right now on the Brian Oak show is called the Checking In Series. And you and I haven't seen each other face to face in a long time. You were apparently cozying up to some sort of communist insurgence in Europe <laughs> and uh, you couldn't make you couldn't make it back here. And now you're back, but you're not right here in the state. And we're also doing the distancing thing. This is a weird, weird time. But it's also a time, you know, one of the things we stress in our checking in series is you have to support local businesses like Buster's on 28th. You have to buy gift cards from your favorite nail salon, your favorite tattoo parlor, These, these little mom and shop our mom-and-pop shops that keep us alive, that keep our community vibrant and interesting, you have to find ways to support them. And I feel the same way about you. Like, you are a local artist who writes really fucking good songs, and we have to find a way to allow you to keep doing that without you. You know, I am a guy who used to have a really cushy radio gig and now do this podcast, had a couple of part-time Side jobs, one at a liquor store, one at a a record store. Those are both gone. We have to find a way to keep the people in our community capable and able. And no one's trying to get rich. We're just trying to pay the bills. We're just trying to do the things. Just try exactly. So, how does someone? I mean. Tell me about you specifically, but in general, how does someone support the local musician? I know if people go to The Stress of Her Regard on Bandcamp and order your album as a download or buy the vinyl copy, which, man, I'm this close to doing, I'm just so effing broke right now. (laughs) Um, uh, I mean, like, how... So, A, first, two questions. One, how does someone support you specifically, The Stress of Her Regard, who are a really good band, but B... Artists in general, I mean, like, what, what's, what's at least for the next couple months, what's the way forward to make sure that we don't lose the things that are important to us?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I've done a, a lot of thinking about that as well. I mean, I'm, you know, relatively fortunate right now in the, you know, um, the job that I do have, I can do from home, and, and you know, if I if I have to simply rely on income from the band, I'd, I'd be pretty fucked. Um but and, you know, there's there's people in varying stages of that, you know, level of, you know, is it is it your is it your your livelihood or or is it your passion and, and how much of, you know, where do you fall on that economic spectrum? But like for me, the first things that I did is, you know, that you spent a lot of time in the music scene sort of being aware of and checking out your friend's work. But then, do you ever actually buy it? A lot of times, the answer is no. And right, right. for me, I just made a point. I was like, okay, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Mark McGee's work. Um, he put out a new record under under his Maker moniker. I'm like, I'm buying that. Um, you know, I did, Gabe from Four on the Floor in the Florida super cool poster, gig commemorative gig poster. I'm uh-huh. like, I'm buying that. You know, I, the the Grumpies and and uh, the uh, I think it was Grumpies and Palmer's coloring book. Yes. I don't know. Have you guys seen those? I have. Bought that, I, yes. Got that I, I hate the
0: idea of adult coloring books, but because I love Grumpy's and Tony Zaccardi so much, I bought one.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. It's. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Is it going to go up on my wall? And I, just, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just glad I bought it. And you know, that's not patting yourself on the back or anything. It's just like you, if you, if you have a few bucks lying around and you can't support you do because You know, the last thing any of us want to do is emerge from this thing into a world without any small businesses, um, without any awesome neighborhood restaurants that you love and love going to or cool little rock and roll dive bars. And, you know, the the same is true for, for you know, supporting other musicians. If you're going to do it digitally, please, 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 people um, go to Bandcamp. Um, I know their streaming uh, setup is not as slick as anywhere else. Um, but that money is, you know, going almost all directly to the artist. Uh, Bandcamp takes a very small cut compared to other platforms, and they're really champions of independent musicians. So I would, I, big ups to those guys. And if you want to support a band, uh, digitally, get it there. Um, you know, and if you can buy the vinyl or the, the t shirts or anything like that, um, you know, buy that stuff and represent. And, uh, you know, I guarantee it, it's, it's really appreciated. Like, you know, nearly everybody that that you know, I you know bought something from was kind and conscientious enough to be like, hey, thank you, you know, to reach out and be like, this means a lot right now, thank you, um, um, in one way or another, and so, you know, it, it's it's going to be appreciated.
0: Kieran Daly, Uh, the stress of her regard is the name of the band. It's also the name of their self-titled debut. It came out last month, and we were hoping to have Kieran in the studio, but he was apparently uh, holed up with, what's the name of WikiLeaks guy? Uh,
2: WikiLeaks. Julian Assange. Yes, yes. The Ecuadorian embassy is a lot nicer than people say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kieran, you know, you and I go back a really, really long way, and I appreciate your time today, brother. And do me this, make me one promise, when we're on the other side of this stupidity, that you'll come in and join me here in the studio.
2: Absolutely. All right. Very good.
0: away, yeah, well, Oh well, well, don't get weird about it. That sounded aggressive. <laughs> that sounded violent. All right, don't get weird we about it. Yeah. We have a hammer. We have a hammer. No, I, look, I have a hammer, dude. If you're coming <laughs> for a hammer fight, I'm not. I don't have a lot of experience in hammer fighting, <laughs> but I'm gonna do some training between now and then because that sounded very aggressive. I want to thank it's
2: Audio... an emerging sport. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to thank audioquip.com I want to thank everybody who's been a part of making this happen. It's hard to imagine we're forty nine episodes into doing this. Sean, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Well, that didn't sound very genuine, but that's cool. Um <laughs> uh, it's the Brian Oak <laughs> Show, episode forty nine, and um we got another one coming up in just a few days here shortly. Um thanks everybody for listening. If you can go check out our, you know, Spotify, iHeartMedia. What am I forgetting? Uh Apple yeah, Apple. Yeah, oh, yeah. those guys. Is there a yeah. thing there? Yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, where is the place that people can go to support us financially? They can go to Patreon. Patreon, sure, that's cool. Or come b- by Sean's house and just drop off a check. What's or your some hammers again? Ha- extra hammers? Jesus Christ, it's all going so wrong. Um, The stress of her regard, uh, Kieran Daly, thank you very much. It is time for us to call this a wrap. Um, Kieran, before we go, we're going to play another song called Americans, which I feel like in this day and age, I feel like that's loaded as hell. Does this song go back a ways or is this a recent one?
2: It's relatively recent. And, uh, you know, I have to be careful after revealing my non-American citizenship, because if there's one thing Americans love, it's to be lectured by foreigners. But, (laughs) um, you know, in this case, uh, you know, just kind of a reaction to everything that's going on in a sense of, uh, you know, there's uh, a collection of goons out there that would love to emphasize difference and and uh, and push people down and put them in a bad place and then on the other side of things there are good people who are welcoming and neighborly regardless of where you're from. If you're good people and you're trying to, to build a better life, they, they welcome you in their community. And so I wanted to, to say something in support of those people and something against the former people. Um, so yeah, that's what that one's about.
0: The str- Another one that
2: I have to say, thank you to Ed Ackerson for, for his encouragement and, and for um, it's not, it's not going to be obvious when you listen to that guitar solo, but uh, Ed Ackerson helped Frankenstein that thing into place in, in a truly heroic way. <laughs> the, I was not a guitar hero, but I sounded like one by the time he was done.
0: The next time we talk, we're going to talk more Ed Ackerson, but we got to wrap this one up. Um, I love talking to thoughtful people. I love talking to people that have uh, an ability to critically think, and um, you've always been on that list. Thank you, Karen.
2: Thank you, brother.
0: All right, man. Take care.